We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast the thursday edition of the pack a day podcast as we gear up for the final game of the regular season the 2023 regular season the green bay packers will host the chicago bears with the 2023 NFL playoffs on the line for the Packers. I'm half of your Thursday crew, Jason Perrone. I'm also over at Game on Wisconsin, where I host the Quick Slants podcast. With me, as always, of Packer Report is Mark Eckel. Mark, Happy New Year. All that good stuff. Pretty nice showing in Minnesota. Very nice. I, I mean, was it their best all-around game? It's got to be up there. I think. Um, I still think the Kansas City win was might be the best because it's because of the competition, but couldn't ask for, for much more. The offense rolls for 33 points defense. I know it was a, you know, rookie quarterback and then a, you know, a career backup, but we've seen worse quarterbacks than that do well against the Packers. So mm-hmm. the defense that the defense holds them to 10 points and really three points. If you think about the fact that seven points came after a muffed the punt. No, so, so frustrating. You couldn't have asked for a better defensive yeah. effort from a defense that's been not playing so well for about a month back against um, the wall. And they, they played well. And yeah, I mean, they, the, the Vikings for the first half of the game made it easy. They went with hall, the quarterback, the young quarterback, the four, I mean, he was their fourth option. If you think about it, if Kirk cousins was still, 
in the mix too. So that was kind of that baffling that Minnesota wanted to take a look at him and they still had a chance for their season to go somewhere. And they, you know, there's some scenarios where I guess the Vikings could still possibly get in, but that loss to the Packers, they're barely barely in there. That loss to the Packers effectively knocked them out. And and the bears, as far as we talked prior, even if, even if they win the game on Sunday, they have no chance of of getting into the playoffs either. So we find ourselves in a situation Mark, we're, I mean, it's rinse and repeat, but different, slightly different teams. Last year, it was the Lions that had nothing to play for coming into Lambeau Field. The Packers had to win and get in. After they had gone on this nice run, they beat the Dolphins in Miami. They beat the Vikings on New Year's Day. They took out some of their tougher opponents, and then they had the, the Lions with nothing to play for, and, and they end up losing in what ended up being Aaron Rodgers' last game as a Packer, last game at Lambeau Field. And this time, it's the Chicago Bears who are coming into Lambeau Field. They're playing better football, and they're one game behind Green Bay in the standings and coming in looking to play spoiler yeah it's I, that's what i wrote after the game last week was it's um it's a see you know the, the packer packer fans hope that the sequel is better than the original that 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 the sequel starring jordan love is better than the original starring aaron Rodgers. yes because that's the difference jordan love is out here now instead of aaron Rodgers, and let's hope the young guy responds better than the old guy did last year because the old guy wasn't very good in that game against the lions last year no there was and i really hope that the packers have learned a thing or two i mean with their offensive line their lineups their play calling and obviously the quarterback has to make good decisions but that's the thing. Jordan Love has been making some very good decisions. He has looked very, very good over the past couple of games. He's taken very good care of the football. I know his, his footwork has been a little interesting. They showed some some clips of some of his throws where he's not even on the ground airborne, kind of akin to stuff we saw from Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff too. But it's hard to argue with, as we found out on Wednesday, the offensive player, the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, who was Jordan Love. It's his first ever Offensive Player of the Week award. And well-deserved. Three, three, you know, he threw for three touchdowns, ran for another, made some unbelievable throws. That first touchdown pass to uh, to Reed was unbelievable. Yeah, great. He did some other things that I thought were they're not the, they're not the splash plays like the thirty three yard touchdown to Reed or some of the other. But there was one play in the middle of the game. I think it was it might have been first down or second down, whatever it was. But he drops back and he has some time and he and he's looking. And I think earlier in the year he would have just forced something to either Reed or Dobbs or wherever he was looking. But he saw, like he, you know, he looked and then he said, okay, Aaron Jones is open right right here in the flat for a little dumper. I'm just going to dump it off to Aaron Jones. He did. And then Jones broke a tackle, gained like nine yards and got it for, I think it was like second and eight or whatever it was. And he made the, he got to Jones, Jones got the first down and now we start all over again. I mean, it was just, to me, a play like that showed me how far he's come. Not, I mean, you know, listen, uh, you and I, or at least, you know, we had Mark Ross on a couple of times. I've liked Jordan Love since before the Packers drafted him, so I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not as surprised and, and as in awe of what Jordan Love is doing because I, this is what I expected. I'm more pleasantly surprised with how these young receivers, who I thought were really hurting Love's progress early in the year because they were they were dropping balls, they were in the wrong places, they were running the wrong routes. These guys, Dobbs, Wicks, Reed, Heath, now Bo Melton, my 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 man from Jersey. Had an unbelievable game last week, right? I mean, yeah. so this young group of and and the tight ends, you know, Kraft, Musgrave before he got hurt, now Kraft, Tucker Kraft. Listen, that third round jinx is he can over. play. And that Sean Ryan's round, Sean Ryan's been playing pretty well and platooning in with John Runyon. Yeah, yeah. As long as he stays off the juice. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's great. The couple things that that 
uh, stood out to me this past week. A couple of years ago, before that 2020 draft, Des Bryant apparently tweeted out and said, whoever drafts this Jordan Love from Utah State is going to get an elite quarterback. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, say what you will about Des and all that kind of stuff and his personality, but he could play football. And I think a receiver yeah. that is was as good as he was probably knows a thing or two about a good quarterback when he sees one. The other thing that that was talked about quite a bit leading up to the beginning of practice, and we'll talk about some of the, the practice notes here for the Packers. They, they got back to practice on Wednesday, is that this offense is ahead of the learning curve. And we talked about that a lot before the season started, how they were going to have to learn. And I think at one point I, I kind of said, I think maybe one of the biggest acquisitions the Packers are going to make this year is the jump that some of these young players are going to make. Well, on offense at least, this there are these players are – absolutely ahead of it all. And Jordan Love is at the front of the line. He's playing a lot better than I think a lot of people anticipated. There were some questions about what did Matt LaFleur think of Jordan Love in September and October versus right now. And it just seems like he's really, he's playing really, really well. Now I know that, you know, as they say, the cliche success is not linear and it's very possible that he could have some up down games. I mean, look at Patrick Mahomes, right? Patrick Mahomes has had some up down games. Love is going to have his struggles, his share of struggles, but it's hard to argue with the way that he's playing right now, and that's exactly what you want if you're a Packers fan and if you're the Packers because you want to be playing your best football at this time of year. And if the Packers are going to make any noise or try to make something out of this season or outdo what they did last year, which they can do by simply beating the Bears on Sunday and, be, and finishing 9-8 and eight versus 8-9, eight then that's then you want that. You want all of your players playing their best football, and, and obviously as the level of competition is going to ratchet up because if they do get in the postseason, they win the game on Sunday, they're obviously going to be on the road and they're going to be playing against some really good teams the rest of the way. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, I don't, I'm not, and this will lead us into what we're supposed to talk about is the offense has really come along. Like I said, well, love is love, and he's, he's right now, he's, I saw a stat and I, from, from the Pittsburgh game on, sort of last whatever many games that is, he's, his numbers are second only to Dak Prescott in the, as, in, as far as quarterbacks go in the NFL. So the only quarterback playing better than him over the last, what, six, seven games is Dak Prescott, who's having a pretty good year. And I, I, I was like, whoa, he's better than, than Lamar. He's better than, you know, Josh Allen. And, and again, according to these numbers, yeah, he, he was. So that to me, that – and then, like I said, it's the, it's the whole offense. And, and Matt, you know, we, we've been very critical of the head coach, Matt yep. LaFleur, yes. for different things he's he's done or not done over the course of the season. But you have to give him credit. Yep. You know, he's a if, if nothing else, he's a very good offensive coach. So he deserves a lot of credit for both loves ascension pro, pro, progression as a quarterback. But he's but him and his uh, him and his coaches also deserve a lot of credit for these for Wicks and Reed. I mean, Wicks and Reed are rookies. And and they're having Man, they're having play. a pretty good they're having a very good season. They really are. I mean, um, throw craft in there, throw craft in there. But yeah, Musgrave, craft. I mean, Malik Heath for crying out loud. Now, Bo Melton becomes and and Steve the Homer True on ESPN Milwaukee made this point first, so I want to give him credit for it. Bo Melton is going to become the answer to a really interesting trivia question. If Jordan Love ends up playing ten years and is really really good, who was his first hundred yard receiver ever in a game? It was Bo Melton. Yeah, and um. And Love made, to your point, Mark, some of those throws that you were talking about earlier in the game across his body and just the arm angles and the tweaks and stuff like that were to Melton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Melton had, Melton is not, I like, I mean, you know, I, I want his brother too. When, when we start talking draft stuff, I want Max Melton. I'm, I want the cornerback from Rutgers. To, I want the Melton brothers to be on the Packers. If we can ever get the Packers for, to get over this brother problem or this 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 idea that they don't want brothers on the team, because if that's the only reason why Amon Ross St. Brown is not a Packer, then I'm frustrated. That's all I'll say. 
because they, well, they drafted Amari think, Rogers. I don't think I think I just think they liked you know whoever Amari, Amari Rogers. Yeah, well, um, who is forever on Amon Ross St. Brown's <laughs> card that he keeps in his locker of all the players receivers that were drafted ahead of him, and the Packers do look foolish on that one. Well, yeah, I mean they missed on him, but that's that, that, that they're not the only team that is. It's not like he was the second pick in the draft. Back right. then. I mean, I'm saying. A lot of teams missed on right. St. Brown. Right. And maybe it was because his brother was a bust. I don't know. But but Bo Melton isn't a bust. He no. was a, a seventh-round pick that's looking like he's a, a legitimate you know, backup wide receiver. You know, to your um, point, I know we got to talk defense, Mark, but to your point, in the locker room after the game, there was, no, there was so much love for him. And just his team yeah. is very united. They're still very much together, playing hard, trying to win. All the questions about, and I was, you know, I've raised plenty of them myself of whether or not this team might disengage because of some of the drama that was going on with Russell Douglas getting traded and Jair Alexander getting suspended and, and all the Joe Barry discourse and all that kind of stuff too. And I mean, there is, to your, to your point, and I said it on quick slants too, I said I've been very critical of Matt LaFleur, but I have to give him credit where credit is due when they play really well. Now, if they go out and they play a solid game and they take care of the Bears and they go out and, and win a road playoff game, I mean, talk about... The absolute top of the the prism, the spectrum, whatever word you want to use, of the ways that this season could have finished. I mean, that's absolutely phenomenal. Now, not surprising on this show because you at least, and I have to go back and, and remind myself. I think I was a nine and eighter, if I'm not mistaken. I think I was a nine and eighter. No, you might hit around the head. I think you said ten and seven, and I you did. were you were very confident that if if Jordan Love played well. If this team didn't trip over themselves, 10 and 7 and possibly winning the division and getting into the playoffs was possible. Well, the Lions had a really good season, so they've won the North. But everything else you said looks is right in front of them. Yeah, I mean, I thought 10 and 7. And I, well, I actually had them and the Lions both being 10 and 7. And, and I had them, I had the Packers winning the division and the Lions being wild, a wild card. Um, I, I don't know how I figured out, figured out the tiebreaker, but I, I don't know. I said the Packers would win the tiebreaker. But, and again, you know, this team was left for dead twice this year, not once. When they were two and five and losing to the Raiders and Broncos, I think no one thought they were going to be in the position they're in now where they win their last game, they're in the playoffs. I mean, they were two and five and they, they, and they were, and they looked every bit of, of a two and five team. Yes, they did. Um, they beat the Bears opening day. They took a, they had a, a miraculous, come back to beat the saints then they, they blew a game against the falcons and then they said they lost to the to the lions to the raiders and broncos yeah. who at the time now both of those teams have gotten better mm-hmm. as the year went on the raiders after they fired mcdaniel and the broncos after they kind of started putting it together a little bit but at the time both of those teams looked really bad and hadn't played really bad and packers lost to both of them uh, they got blown out by the lions in at lambo where the lions fans actually took over the stadium which was <laughs> The most embarrassing. The sea thing. of blue, and they got beat pretty good by the Vikings in in at, at Lambeau, which was also kind of embarrassing. So they were left. I, they they were, in my opinion, at that point, I, we were all of us were saying like, "Why?" Right, people were looking at draft already and and wondering about everything. I was um, one of them. I was absolutely one of them. And you bring up a good. And then they bounced back. Then yep. they bounced back. They they beat the they beat the Chargers and the and then the Lions and Chiefs and everybody's like, "Oh, okay, we're back." And, and then they lose back to back to a to Tommy DeVito and and they make Baker Mayfield look like Tom Brady. So they after that Tampa loss, I wasn't I wasn't so sure what they were going to do either. But they and, and and let's be honest, they've gotten some help, which is of course in you know in the NFL that happens. I mean, the Cowboys have gotten help from the Eagles losing the the A of the NFC South. They, everybody keeps helping each other on who's going to win that. 
Um, the Bills got help from the Dolphins losing. So, I mean, you know, you that happens over the course of the season. But the Packers did get some help in that, like the, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat Seattle last week. Mm-hmm. Big. Put the Packers in this position that they're in. Had Seattle won, the Packers could have still won and not gotten in because they would have needed either Seattle or the Rams to lose a again lot this of, week. A lot of stuff in the last week of the season is very odd, squirrely, weird, resting, right. not resting players. In fact, we just found out on Wednesday – for example, the Rams are starting Carson Wentz. They're going to give Matt Stafford the week off. And the they and, and the Niners have nothing to gain either. They've already clinched the number one seed in the NFC. So, But it is still important for the Packers to keep an eye on their power, or at least Packers fans to keep an eye on that one because if the Rams don't beat the Niners and the Packers can beat the Bears, they would slide into the sixth seed versus seven, the, seven. the seventh seed, for example. So there's still a lot of stuff that's going to happen. And all but I think all but one of the games that, that affect the Packers will be done before they kick off in that late afternoon slot on Sunday at 325 Central. Right. Well, really, none of the – I mean, they only affect them if the Packers lose. Because all the Packers have to do is win, and, and they're in. And it's just a matter of if they're six or seven. Yes. I mean, now, there is a, there is a weird scenario – well, I mean, if they lose, and uh, and I, I wouldn't even want this. If they lose, I don't want. They don't belong in the playoffs. They they need three or four things to happen. They can still. Well, they need they need Seattle to lose again to Arizona. They need the Vikings to lose to the Lions, and they need either Tampa Bay to lose to Carolina or the Saints to lose to the Falcons. So it's not it's nothing impossible. I, I don't think Tampa Bay could lose to Carolina, but I I would say I don't think Arizona can beat Seattle. Arizona just just beat Philadelphia, so yeah. you can beat Philadelphia, I guess. You can on beat the Seattle. road, no less. Well, this is on the road too, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seattle's here in, in Arizona, oh, is it in, in Phoenix. Arizona? Yeah, okay. it's it's, it's in Arizona. Right. So, but Kyler Murray's back, and who knows? I mean, if the if the Cardinals are playing motivated and they've got one more game to build some momentum for next year, I know people don't believe in that, and I, I know it's a long way between week eighteen and week one of twenty twenty four. But for whatever it's worth. The Cardinals have played spoiler before. I mean, I, I can remember a couple times where the Cardinals went into Seattle and beat Seattle and helped the Packers in, in certain past seasons. Remember when they like, beat the Vikings that game? That oh, game? geez, that was 20 years ago. The Bron- killed the Broncos, but nothing else went their way early. And they needed the Cardinals to beat the Vikings, and the Cardinals scored on like a 50-yard touchdown pass. From Josh McCown to Nate Poole, and it was almost it, almost 20 you. years to the day. I mean, I, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was in December of, of 03. I remember it because I was screaming and yelling. I mean, I, I left inaudible messages, and I don't mean like cussing. I literally was like gibberish because I was so excited. I couldn't even make sense of anything. Were you living in Arizona at the time? California. I was in Southern oh. California at the time. And I was, I mean, I was running around, running around the apartment that I lived in at that point. And, and I'm sure the walls were thin. And my neighbors were like, who the hell is this guy? Because, you know, Packers fan out in Cali. But nonetheless, that was, yeah, that was very exciting. I mean, the Packers are set up in a really good, really good spot here. Now, in getting into this week for Wednesday, as we're recording right now, we did at least get an update. The Packers are, are practicing right now as we speak. But Christian Watson was back at practice on Wednesday for the first time since he had his hamstring injury. So he's practicing. Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks. Also practicing, which is very impressive to me, Mark, because Jaden Reed almost to me, it seems like that's like a rib injury of some sort. And that's got to be really tender. I mean, he might have to end up playing with similar to the flak jacket that like Jordy Nelson had to play with back in 2016. You remember that after the Lions playoff game or the Giants playoff game? And then they went to the Dallas and uh, actually, I don't know if he played the Dallas game. And then they tried to play in Atlanta, but yeah, that was that, but it's great to see Reed back because obviously he's a, been a huge part of this this offense. And having those two guys out there uh, is is important, even if they're not catching a bunch of balls. Because when you've got Reed and Watson on the field together, the, I don't care what 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 you you know how confident you are. The Bears defense is playing very well. 
They're playing very, very well right now. They're taking the ball away at like a record-breaking rate right at this point. But you got to account for those guys, and so there's going to be some opportunities if they just play good football. And if Aaron Jones also is is I know this is the defensive show, but this is this is all that stuff. I mean, they got three. So Reed, Wicks, and Watson are practicing. Devondre Campbell practicing, not practicing on Wednesday. Were Rudy Ford, Isaiah McDuffie, Elton Jenkins, and Preston Smith. Preston Smith tweaked his ankle at the end of the, the Vikings game. I think he might have been able to come back if he could have, but the game was uh, you know out of reach at that point, so they rested him up. Jenkins has missed some, like you said before we started recording, he's missed some practice at weeks leading up to this, but he did get rolled up on a bit at the end of the Vikings game and did not come back and play. And I don't know if that was more because of the score as well, but those are the those are the guys that did not practice there. Hey friends, I'm sure you're all familiar with some of the hassles of finding game tickets at a reasonable price without all the headaches that go along with it. I've been on a bit of a roll lately as I went through one ticketing service that never sent me the tickets and I had to panically try to get a hold of somebody the day of the game. I had another service that didn't allow me to transfer tickets. So when I could no longer go to the Wisconsin-Iowa game, transferring the tickets was extremely difficult. It was just all so frustrating. That was until I found Game Time. Game Time is so easy to use with a low price guarantee, event cancellation protection, easy to find tickets, and an even easier to use app. GameTime is the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through emails and have those same panicky moments that I did the day of a game. So next time you're buying tickets, make sure you snag them using GameTime, stress-free. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Oh, GameTime is also a great way to buy tickets for a holiday gift. Just make sure to use code PACKADAY. Download GameTime today, last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making prize picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Yeah, I think I'm hoping, again, without being there, I'm hoping that Smith and Jenkins are more precautionary, you know, veterans that don't really need to be out there on Wednesday if they have a little nick, you know, they have a little, you know, rest up, rest that ankle, pressed and rest that, that, me, Elton. Like I said, Elton has gotten that veterans day, day off most of the year. Who was who the other two? Ford and who? Oh, well, Mick, Mick McDuffie had the uh, real bad concussion, I, and Rudy Ford. I don't think he's going to play. Yeah. I mean, very few guys this year have suffered concussions and and come back a week later. The NFL kind of frowns on that now, and and rightfully so. We've seen too many 
you know, bad things happen to, to players, you know, with, with concussion injuries. So, but the good, the good news with, if the bad news is McDuffie isn't going to play, the good news is Campbell's back. So it's a trade-off there, at least. At least you got yeah, you get Campbell and Quay, and, and uh, Jair was also back on the practice field, too, after yep, his suspension. suspension's over. If, you know, if the team wanted to really be, be kind of cool, make Jair a captain. I'm fine with it. Why not, right? I'm fine with it. Totally Put fine with it. Branch, yeah. Totally fine with it. Hey, let's get him motivated. Let's get him excited. And, and I don't care if it's, it's cheesy, cliche, whatever. You know, appreciate Jair Alexander for, and I know that stuff that he's, most of what he's done has been in the past. He's had a struggle of getting back, but I think the Packers need to send a message that, hey, we're glad you're back. I hope when he walked into the locker room or out onto the field that his teammates mobbed him and made him feel great for coming back because you have to embrace everything that is Jair Alexander. And part of what makes him such a good corner is that strange mentality that he has, right, Mark? I mean, corners have to be a little, a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> not, um... I mean, not too crazy, but they have to be a little out there. Right, well, it's, a, it's a tough you position. You say that, and and for the most part, you're right. But like some of the some of the greatest ones that I've dealt with haven't been Eric Eric Allen, who's hopefully gets into the Hall of Fame finally this, this year, was pretty even keel. Troy Vincent was very even keel, very very intelligent. Uh, even Bobby Bobby Taylor was quiet, but he wasn't out there like this. I mean, but that's a long time ago. So the, the way the game is today, yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. Corners, corners, and wide receivers a little bit. They both have a little bit of that. Well, one thing about corners that I've learned even from way back when till now is cornerbacks have to have short memory. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they can't, you get beat for a touchdown in the first quarter. You can't carry that with you the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. You know? So that, that's one thing. And but Jair, you know, listen, he, I'm looking at it like this. He was, he, he, he did wrong. He got punished. He served his time. You know, now, now he's back. Now it's, I think it's the Packers, the Packers turn to, to kind of say to him, all right, everything's good. You're our guy. Let's 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 go and let's let let's beat the Bears now and, and go to the playoffs. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now here's my question to you since we're talking deep. So I thought Valentine and Valentine both played pretty well last week. Mm-hmm. Played very well. Actually. Yep. Who is there any way all the three of them can stay on the field together? Can can somebody move into the slot? Figure out the fortunate problem that you have. Okay. And based on matchups, and I will say that'll and that's a nice segue here. So let's talk about who didn't practice or who did practice for the Bears. On Wednesday, backup quarterback Tyson Badgen had an illness. Cornerback Jalen Johnson is dealing with a shoulder. He did not practice on Wednesday. Cole Komet didn't practice. Tight end Cole Komet didn't practice with a knee. Wide receiver Darnell Mooney has a concussion. He didn't practice. DJ Moore was limited. He has an ankle injury. And their long snapper, Patrick Scales, also did not practice. So depending on... Obviously, DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, both really good players. If Mooney is not out there, that helps the Packers because he's a pretty good receiver for them. But DJ Moore has been on a tear. And I'm sure even with an ankle injury, if he can play, he's still going to be a problem out there. I think you just you have to really look at the strengths that these defensive backs bring and, and the totality of your defensive plan because you also have the safeties to consider. Darnell Stavage is back. So he can step in there, too, and play the star, the, the slot if he needs to. He can also play safety. If you want to take some wear and tear off and keep Keyshawn Nixon's fresh for kickoff returns and punt returns, please. I mean, I guess you can't put Samari Toure back there anymore. He's on injured reserve. So Bisaccia can't make that mistake two, two weeks in a row. But you have a lot of good options, and you have guys in a position that they should be in right now. I'm a, Listen, I trust whatever it is that they decide to do because Carrington Valentine in some spots has been very good. And it's really hard to argue against the job they did against Justin Jefferson. I know it wasn't Kirk Cousins, and I know they didn't have T.J. Hawkinson out there, and all the, and and you know they don't have this stellar running game like they used to back in the the good old days. But it's still you know Justin Jefferson's still a really good wide receiver. 
and they and they did a really good job on him. So if you want to ride the hot hand and go with Valentine and, and Valentine, you've got Jair out there. I mean, I, if Jair Alexander is healthy and able to play, like it's the high variance thing for me, Mark. Like at any given time, Jair can make a splash play. Now he has never made like this electric pick six type of plays like we used to see Charles Woodson make or Al Harris, for example, right? But he is out there more of a, a mental factor too because he's he just he plays close tight and if he's motivated and ready and he's healthy i don't see how you keep him off the field what's your take oh no jair's gotta be out there there's no doubt about it i'm wondering between valentine and valentine which one doesn't play because I, I really thought valentine was my defensive hero list I, I thought he played a fantastic game i really i mean and you know you, you mentioned justin jefferson who's I'll, I'll call him the best wide receiver in the NFC. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could be, you could say NFL, but I, I still got, I still think Tyree Kill is, but, but he, but he's great, 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 great player. But Jordan Addison is among the best rookie wide receivers. He's having, he having a pretty good year for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. And they have the other kid too, um, whose name I can't KJ remember. KJ Osborne. Yep. Who's not a ter- who's not terrible either. So, yeah, they had a, they had backup quarter. They had you know Hall and then Mullins. But like I said, we've seen, we've seen worse beat the Packers this year. Yes, we've seen we've seen Devito and uh, now Bryce Young is more talented than those guys, but he certainly isn't playing. He was until the Packer game; he wasn't playing any better than those guys. So and he didn't beat them, but he put up thirty points against them. So, oh, I think um, if I think if Cole Komet plays and he's he's a tight end for the Bears because they didn't have the tight end factor against the Vikings. In fact, their tight end uh, dropped the ball or he popped one in the air and it gave Valentine his first uh, career interception. In that game, Cole Komet's a very good tight end, and he's a very good part of this offense. And Justin Fields has a good chemistry with him too. That's kind of an X factor there, which would which would factor into who you want to play. I don't know. That's a really good question, Mark, because caring. To, I mean, it just it depends on their strengths. Yeah, I would try and, to get all three, I, I, and I don't know if any of them. I mean, Jair could play slot. To be honest with you, if, if I mean, I doesn't really matter. Like you said, I don't know if they're going to play a lot of man this week because when you play man. You really then you got to spy got a mobile quarterback. And you might spy him anyway. I'm, I I might spy Justin Fields with Quay Walker anyway. Uh, yeah, um, I think you know what that was going to be my kind of X factor this week is Quay Walker. I think Quay and and his his ability to hopefully keep Justin Fields a little bit more in check without having to put a fifth or sixth defensive back out there for the speed factor. This is one of the this is one of those games is is why you drafted Quay and so. So highly because we were talking before the show, you made a good point about, you know, what are Justin Fields in his last three games? Justin Fields has 172 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Now he has fumbled three times, but he's averaging over four and a half yards of carry when he takes off running. So on the passing side, not as impressive. Three touchdowns, three picks. Now, two of those picks were against Cleveland in one game. He didn't throw any interceptions last week against Atlanta. He had one touchdown. He was 20 out of 32 and he had 11, 11 runs for 45 yards. He did score a touchdown against the Falcons on the ground. So, But the, the Packers have had pretty good game plans for him since he's come into the league. He has yet to beat the Packers. It's probably going to happen at some point if he stays in Chicago long enough. It's just inevitable. The Bears are going to win a game, right? In fact, the last time the Bears beat the Packers at Lambeau Field was a long, long time ago. That was back in 2015. And that was a big, meaningful game in the sense that the Packers were trying to get into the playoffs and win some games late. It was a Thanksgiving game, and that was the, the day that they retired Brett Favre's number, and Bart Starr was in the house as well. Mm, so that, that was a big game, and the Bears came out and got the win. That was Jay Cutler. That was way back when Cutler was still on the Bears, and that was eight years ago. But it's very possible that Justin Fields is is 
mature, ready for this one. Now, the, the interesting thing, Mark, too, and this is always a lot of flash and, and uh, you know, much ado about nothing, too, but three weeks ago, DJ Moore was putting out quotes about this game, saying they had something ready for the Packers before they even played their last two games. So I guess if there's anything to be said here, the Bears have had this game circled for a while, and even though they don't have anything to play for, I, I think that might even be more motivating for them. And, and head coach Matt Aberflus is still trying to keep his job secure, I mean, doesn't get any better than coming out and, and if Fields plays well and the, and the Bears get a win and the Packers don't get in the playoffs, I think that's a big big feather in the cap for the Bears. Oh, sure it is. And I told you this a year ago, and I was right in, in the sense that if, if you remember last year's Lions game was a little bit, the, the only difference between this year's game and last year's game, other than the Lions and Bears, I mean, it's still a division rival and all that, was when the day began, the Lions were alive for a playoff berth. That game was a night game. That was the eight, the eight fifteen game, right? right. And that all oh, yeah, based on based on what happened earlier in the day. Yep. But Seattle, the Lions needed, and the NFL needed Seattle to lose. I forget who Seattle played, but they needed Seattle to lose. And then that Lions Packer game would have been in in essence a playoff game. The winner would have advanced, and the loser would have been out. But the Seattle, but Seattle won, and that that eliminated the Lions, and. A lot of Packer fans, and I understand their their thinking was, yeah, we want Seattle to win. We want the Lions to be dead. We don't want them playing for anything. No, I wanted the I wanted the Lions to fe- have as much pressure on them as the Packers did because they've never been. They you know they haven't been in that. They had never been in a situation like like that in in a long long time. And Dan Campbell's never been in that position. And well, Goff has because he was with the Rams when he went to the Super Bowl. But most of their players hadn't been in that in that that kind of win you know important game. When the pressure's off, you like if I remember that game last year, I think the Lions went for it on fourth down a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, they did some. I think they ran a trick play. They might not have done those kind of things if it meant more to them. So like the Bears this week, the Bears are playing. They're just trying to knock the Packers out. So they may do. The Packers have to be prepared for anything and everything because when you're playing a team that their only their only motivation is to hurt your chances, they're going to do anything. They're, they're going to try things. They're going to they're going to run plays that you've never seen before. They're going to go for it on fourth and eight from their thirty-five or something. I mean, they're going to they're going to do goofy things because who cares or what? If we don't get it or any, well, we weren't going anywhere anyway. But when you're playing for something, you you got to be a little more conservative and not not go for it as much or not be so out there because you don't want to blow a game either. If you, you know, so yeah, I I, I kind of was hoping I w- I would rather the Bears have something to play for. I don't mean to get ultra conservative and all this kind of stuff, but I agree with you. Just be on your toes. It's like a playoff game. Anything is possible. Anything can happen. That's why when the Packers are lining up in punt block, for example, no, stop doing that. Stop doing that. I understand you want to make a play, turn the tide, try to try to take advantage of the athleticism, but this young team, they they're not, they can't handle that. They can't handle that. They're going to get a penalty. They're going to screw it up. Something bad is going to happen because they're not disciplined enough to do stuff like that. And I'm not suggesting like play this stupid two shell and deep and, and or play off and do the whole Joe Barry thing and bend but don't break and all that kind of stuff too but don't let the obvious thing beat you and teams have been now if there's one good thing about your theory Mark is that teams have been playing that way against the Packers all week I feel like at least once a game there's a flea flicker or at least once a game there's a pitch toss like you know reverse they're hoping that the safeties just aren't disciplined or you know by now the Packers should be pretty well versed in 
that they're going to try something at some point, and it's probably going to be with one of their better players. Now, I don't know if any of their running backs or their quarter or their receivers can throw, but let's not find out. <laughs> to your to your point, let's let's not find out. And if we do find out, let's hope the ball lands innocently. I don't want to see someone get behind the defense and the Bears go up seven nothing or, or steal a quick touchdown and go up fourteen nothing, and the Packers are having to play catch up. Or early on, but I and I no, think no, I don't want that either. And and the, no. you know, de- defensively, the the other frustrating thing too is is there were a couple times this past weekend where I felt like Darnell Savage could have made a play on the ball and either knocked it away or tried to pick it off and didn't. So it's just the the turnovers are coming. They have to come up front. It seems like it's it's coming from the strip sacks. It's coming from the punch outs when they're trying to tackle a ball carrier. We're just not seeing the interceptions from the from the secondary, and that's been the one thing that's been missing. I mean, it'd be really nice if Jair came back and made a big splash and finally got in the end zone and got himself a pick six or oh. something like that against against the yeah. the Bears because Rasul isn't here to do it for him because Rasul was the home run hitter guy that they had before mm-hmm. before that. Or honestly, the the Valentine versus Valentine to me, Valentine is your home run guy. I mean, if there's anybody that's going to make a, a dazzling pick six or make a, a big play a la like a Tremont Williams or an Al Harris, for example, it's Carrington Valentine. And he's, it's, he's going to make a play like that at some point. It may not be this season, but he's going to make a play like that at some point because he's, he's on the rise. And I just, you, we have to trust in that this team, this defense is playing well and that they're peaking at the right time. Now, here's the biggie. And I know you agree with me and this is low-hanging fruit, but we have to talk about it because this is about the... Third week, I feel like, that I have called on this player to make their presence known on this defense, and that is Rashawn Gary. I understand he's getting double teamed, and, and he's fighting against a scheme that's trying to keep him away from the quarterback because he is that good. He garners that kind of attention, but your best players have to show up and play really good games. Fortunately, Preston Smith has been very, very good. Kenny Clark had a very good game last week. The secondary played okay. They did a, they did a pretty good job as well, right? Rashawn Gary... Like this, it, you know, in the words of the late, great Kevin Green, it is time. Rashawn Gary needs to make his presence felt in this game. He doesn't have to have a bunch of sacks. He doesn't even have to have a sack. But I need to know that Rashawn Gary played in this game. Oh, I agree with 100%. I thought he played better last week. He didn't have a sack, but he was around the, he was around the quarterback. He caused some havoc. Uh, had a couple quarterback hits. Um, they, I mean, the pass rush woke up last week against, and again, I know it was a backup quarterback, but it was a, the Vikings' offensive line isn't terrible, right? Correct. I mean, it's, it, they, for the most part, it's far and away better than some of the lines. They better than Tampa's lines, better, way better than the Giants' line, probably better than Carolina's line. So it was one of the better lines they faced recently, and they got pressure. I mean, and well, they blitz. Joe Barry did did what I asked him to do, which was blitz the hell out of that kid. Uh, now I don't know if you want to do that against Justin Fields because if you do that and he gets away, he's going to run for 25, 30 yards. Yes, and then we don't need that. Yeah. You got it. Told me maybe a little bit of a mush rush. Maybe again, I I expect Quay Walker to play James Bond, which is to be a spy, because mm-hmm. they, they, you, you kind of have to. I think you really have, and it helps even more if, like, if as you mentioned earlier, if, if the tight end can't play, if if Cole commits out with a knee, well, that takes some. Yeah, that then you can be a little bit more aggressive, right? Bears and a guy that tight ends have hurt the Packers this year. Oh, at, at, at this times. year, they've been hurting Packers the Packers for, for the last years, decade. <laughs> And he's a good one. Cole Komet's a good one. He was, yeah, a, high, he was a high second-round pick for, for a reason. Very good. Um, Notre Dame. Yep. Notre Dame turns out tight ends now. Yep. So, yeah, I, you know, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be interesting. Like, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, middle of the season, 
I thought this was going to be a game that nobody cared about, but here we are. And it's a game that everybody cares about from here to Seattle to, you know, Chicago. Well, CBS has it as their, essentially their game of the week. It's in the late afternoon slot. And the majority of the U S is getting Packers bears. I know it's on locally here in the Phoenix market. It's locally here in Myrtle beach as well. So CBS late game, it's, it's on TV in most markets, except for a few, that are out there. Well, it's not the only place it's not on is where it, like it's not in Philly because the Eagles are playing the same time. The Eagles are playing the Giants, so mm-hmm. it's not. It, it won't be in New York or Philly, mm-hmm. and it won't be where where wherever the other four o'clock see four twenty five or three twenty five in, in Green Bay. Right. Wherever that other what other teams are playing at that time. Yes. So oh, I guess the Cardinals are on Fox, right? Cardinals are on Fox. That's why you're not. Yeah, so that'll That's be why I'm Fox not game. shut up. Well, I have. I get the ticket because I, right. I get tired of fighting the the Cardinals because the Cardinals <laughs> always play. If they're at home, they always play the late game because we're on the West Coast. Sure. And then if the Packers are in the late game, then you don't get it on national TV. And it's like I, I just you kind of have to have the ticket out here in order to to fight the just the scheduling issue that they have with with because then you get to the part of the season where Fox only puts one game on a day. They don't have the double header on anymore, and for whatever reason that is. But it'll be yeah it'll be it'll be on most national TV it'll be it'll be available and I think in this in this one here this is just it's time for this young team to step up make a statement play well you know like you said do do the thing and make sure that they stay disciplined I think the last time we were talking about a mush rush was when the Packers were facing the Chiefs and I think that turned out right. pretty well because Patrick Mahomes can do a lot of damage running the ball he can actually uh, on the run throwing. And running as well. Now, Justin Fields, I don't know how well he throws on the run, but on the run running, he's very good. He's very fast. But I think he's, the Packers have had, they've had pretty good, they've had pretty good game plans there. And I don't think, I mean, we're getting close to the point where we're going to pick the game. And and for the reasons that we've all laid out here, I don't think this is going to be a shootout. I don't think this is going to be a very high scoring game. Okay. I, I just I just don't think it's going to be, it could end up being that. It's, it's very possible, but... I hope not because I don't want I don't want the Packers to have to do that. I'd like them to come out and just win a game that they really should. And I'm glad to be able to say that. And I did say on Quick Slants that there's been a lot of talk about the success of this season really has already happened because they found out what they needed to find out about Jordan Love. And I agree, that's very important. It's very, very important. It's probably number one on the checklist, right? But sure. things change throughout the season. And if the Packers are playing the way that they played over the last, well, I guess last week, the win against Carolina was not very impressive, but they did win the game. But if the Jordan Love and the offense are playing the way that they're playing right now, then the bar does change. And yeah, I do expect them to win. And no, I'm not going to, I'm yes, I am going to be disappointed if they don't win. And I am going to think that they underachieved as a team, even though they got nine out of the other 10 things that they wanted to do this year done. The one thing they didn't do makes it disappointing. Yeah, I, I'm going to be disappointed because this is the way they're playing right now on, at least on offense, they're a playoff team. And I'm not saying that they're going to compete for a championship, but I, you know, I, I think they've got a lot in front of them. And maybe the fact that they know that Fields is a runner because I think they got surprised by DeVito. For some reason, I don't know why that guy ran it for his life in that game. I mean, they couldn't. There was a force field around that guy. I don't know if any Packers hands actually touched him at all during, know, during the game. That was, that was a really, really strange one. And then, of course, Bryce Young for the Panthers, too. You know, just who, who knows? I mean, I, I, I'll never understand why a defensive coordinator needs a shot in the arm from the head coach or from the media or from the fans or from whatever it is, from his family, whoever it is, to be more aggressive and take more chances because he sent defensive backs on blitzes. You had Keyshawn Nixon got a sack last week. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if he had a sack. That, I don't know if any other defensive backs had any sacks the rest of this season. So, and you can do that, I guess, when you've, you've got a young quarterback like that. This is different, obviously. <laughs> blitz Justin Fields at your own peril because if you blitz him and you don't get there, some area of the field is wide open and then there's green grass for him to run all over. So, to your point, it's classic Packers-Bears. It's cool that this game means something. It's the oldest uh, matchup. I won't call it a rivalry because it's been so one-sided lately, but the oldest matchup and the, the longest standing matchup in all of the NFL. And and it's another chance for the Packers to stamp their name on, or their, I, I guess, what is, do I say ownership? I know that's very cliche as well. You're sounding more like, like 12 every year. Like, yeah, yeah but to, you know, just put their stamp on this rivalry and say, hey, it's it's going to be Green Bay's for another at least another 10 years. As long as this quarterback, he, Jordan Love, is in town, the Packers are, are still here, and Bears fans are just going to have to deal with it for another 10. Just settle in. Oh, yeah. Well, I agree with most of what you said. Like, I will be very, very disappointed if they lose this game. Very disappointed. Just as disappointed as I was last year when they, when they lost to Detroit. Yeah, yes. Jordan Love, they found out that Jordan Love's their quarterback, that they don't need to, to draft a quarterback. They don't need to worry about that position again now that's which is great they 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 this is you know i'm not putting love in the hall of fame yet like Favre and rogers but i'm putting him as the packers starting quarterback for the next you know whatever many years he wants to play so i'm not that that was yes that that's the maiden question going in and, and it was answered with a resounding yes but they're playing the they're playing a team with a losing record that's out of playoff contention at home in a game that they have to win you got to win that i mean Listen, if they were on the road at Baltimore this week, well, no, Baltimore's a bad example because they've clicked. They were on the road at, at Buffalo. If they were on the road at Kansas City, if they were on the road at Dallas, where Dallas has to win to, to win the division, you know, if they were playing a team where another team was better, like they were an underdog. All right, I'd say if they win, great. And they win, they make the playoffs, that, that's great. But I, I wouldn't be disappointed if they lost at Kansas City or at Buffalo. I'd say. Mm-hmm. All right, it was still not a bad year. They went, they did more than I, you know, love. We, we do have some answers. But no, like you said, win the game you're supposed to win. They're favorite. Now, they've been favorites before and lost. Mm-hmm. They were favored against Tampa. They were favored against the Giants and came up short in both of those games. Then and they've had some upsets where they've upset the Lions and, and, and they've upset Kansas City. Well, it's time to win. Like you said, it's time to win a game where you're the favorite and you're home. Lambo's got to be loud. I don't want to see. I don't want to see no Bears fans in Lambo this week. Yeah, no. I'm sure, it'll be a couple, but I don't, don't want to hear. Oh, I wanna... there's there's always lots of. I've been to a couple Bears games. There's always, regardless of the situation, whether Packers are good or bad or Bears are good or bad. There's always a lot of Bears fans. And really? at this point, well, too, this late in the season, two months ago, there were probably a lot of Packers fans that unloaded their tickets and said they're not going to be very good. It's going to be cold. Then they probably sold their tickets to. Hopefully other Packers fans, but there's going right. to be a fair number. There is going to be a fair number of Bear fans, Bears fans in the stands. And yeah, it's under, understandably, so, understandably so. Even though the Bears are dead? Those, Mark, those people, if you've been up there for a Bears game, they, they, don't, they don't understand. They don't get it. I mean, first of all, there is no, this is their Super Bowl. I mean, this, is, this is the most meaningful game that the Bears have had against Green Bay since maybe that 2015 game where they wanted to spoil Brett Favre, and they did, they you know, they, they spoiled it. I can't think of, you know, there, oh, no, was, there was the one after that. There was right? a meaningful, well, there was the meaningful one. And they, the, the last time the Bears beat the Packers was in 2018 at the end of the season. The Bears needed that to get in the playoffs and they won that game. That was in Chicago. And I don't know if, if there have been any since that then. The Rodgers came back when he was hurt. That was, well, 2013, but that was, I mean, the, uh, these, these games were after that. I'm trying to think of the most recent. That was a really, really, with 10 years ago, the, the, you know, fourth and Cobb. That was right. that was that was literally that was ten years ago, almost to the day as well. That was 2013. That was 
John Kuhn takes out Peppers, who just a few months later would be wearing a Packers uniform. And Rodgers finds Randall Cobb, and Cobb had just come back. He got Cobb, actually, I remember he took a really, really bad shot against Baltimore. He got a, a helmet to the shin. I think he broke his shin bone. And he had missed almost half the season, and he had just come back for that game. That was his first game back, and the Packers end up winning it. They win the division, and then they crap themselves against the 49ers the following week. Um, yeah. And Lambeau. But this is this is My what God. you it's kind of what you kind of what you hope for. I mean, I wish it was a I wish it was a one in fifteen Bears team coming in to secure the the one overall pick, although I know that they don't um own that pick right now. Or actually they do. They do own the they, they uh which which would be interesting because then it would be like they would have the one, Carolina would somehow be the two. <laughs> but no, they're gonna no, have I don't to, want that. They're gonna I have just, to I mean it's, they'll have to fight it out. They're playing a team they like you said that they 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 can beat. So mm-hmm. beat them. I don't care how they beat them. I don't care if they win. I mean, I like for my for my blood pressure. I'd like it to be easy, <laughs> but I don't. It never is with the Packers. No, last week well, actually was. It's funny. I'm watching my my wife's watching the game with me last week, and it's like she's half paying attention. She's paying attention, but she's also like doing other things. So she's like she she hears me like yelling after. I think it was after the fumble, the the, the muff punt. I start yelling and saying words I, I can't, I won't say on the podcast. And she's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? I said, hey, the guy is from the month the pun that Vikings are going to, she's like, what's the score? I says, 30 to three. She's it's 30 to three and you're, and you're upset. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, because then whatever. And he's like, but it's 30 to three. You told me it was going to be close. Yeah. I'm like, well, it's not close. And I don't want it to get any closer. Than it yeah. Is. No, I mean, you with, with this Packers team, let's not tempt fate. The voice of reason okay. in your house has spoken. So are you going to be watching this one at home then? Because it's on TV? Yes. So you'll oh, yeah. be in the comforts of home? All right. So yeah. the big question I mean, is... I, I like going to Keystone Island, well, where I went last week for the early games. Okay. Because I, didn't, I, wanted, to, I wanted to watch the Eagles, and, then, and I wanted to watch Baltimore-Miami, because I'm stuck. I was not going to sit home. The only, game, the only early game that was on here last week was Carolina versus the Jacksonville without Trevor Lawrence. I was not watching that. No, that sounds terrible. Yeah. No, that was not. There was no way I was going to know. I'd, I'd, I'd have put a movie on. But uh, <laughs> so I went out. I did go to. It wasn't Keystone Island last week because, but it, it was the same place, same same surroundings. But anyway, so no, you I'll need the home. Packers to win. You wanted to. You wanted to be a, a a calming afternoon. So now the only question left for us is: Do they? We'll start with you. Do the Packers get it done against the Bears? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think the Packers win. I guess that it's never easy, and this won't be easy. I see the Packers. I'm, I'm going to pick 24-20. Okay, a close one. Well, you know my rule. Yeah. This is the third. This would be the third win in a row, and I can't pick them. As I said, I'm not picking them until they win three in a row. So I'm going to not. I'm, I'm not going to pick them for strictly for the universe, the the superstition, the energy, the zen, all that stuff of it all. But I don't. I don't really believe what I'm. I'm picking here. I'm just sticking with it because I want to make sure I stick with the right energy, and I don't have any bad vibes out there or create any any bad vibes. So I'll say 21-20 Bears, but the Packers have no business. I mean, they've got you you've got to. And I understand it's a different team, different vibe, different situation, but Matt LaFleur, you've you've got to have your team ready. If this happens two years in a row, I don't care about all the excuses you want to make about how different the situation is, the quarterbacks and all that kind of stuff. All everybody sees is is that you lost two games to get your team in the playoffs to teams that didn't have anything else to play for in your building and that's not good so for whatever that matters if you have to stay up a little bit later at night game planning and making sure do it so 
You've got the Packers winning this one. I picked the Bears for reasons other than what I actually think is going to happen. <laughs> so we'll see how this whole thing shakes out. It'll be a Sunday afternoon game, and we can't wait for it. So what is up at Packer Report? What's coming up? What's well, up now is the, the, the recap of the, the win over the Vikings from Sunday. And then um, I'm not – I haven't – I what's coming up – I'm going to look back at some Packer Bear moments. Some of the things that we talked about. The, the as you, go, I, I like your. I, I might borrow your your line to fourth, to fourth and Cobb game. There was a couple games, Packer Bear late season games that were very important um, to Packers. Some they won, some some they lost. So, I'm I'm, I'm going to take a little look back at, at Packer Bears, meaning meaningful Packer Bears games. Okay. And there have been a, been a few in our history here. So there will be a Quick Slants podcast after the game. I had one out this past Monday on New Year's Day, recapping the Packers' win over the Vikings. Hopefully I'm talking about a Packers' win over the Bears, another win over the Bears. Ownership continues, and then we can talk playoffs of the uh, uh, for the Packers and what the scenarios are and all that other kind of stuff. I mean, maybe they get in if they lose too, but either way, there will be a Quick Slants podcast after on Monday after the uh, game on Sunday. So hope everybody's first week of 2024 is winding down nicely. We're only a couple days away from this big matchup between the Packers and the Bears. Hope everyone gets there. Get your cheese, get your beer ready, get your popcorn ready. Everybody have a great one. Great rest of the week. Stay warm wherever you're at. And as always, go Pack Go. Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.